Good afternoon, and welcome to Citizen K, a weekly current affairs program featuring in-depth interviews and perspectives. I'm Kareem Mosna. Have you been putting off making a trip back to Toronto or Ottawa to visit family and friends? Is it due to lack of convenience or cost, potentially? Well, German company Flixbus is expanding their service here in Canada, and that expansion includes adding a Kingston stop in its Toronto to Ottawa line. To learn more about what makes Flixbus a unique inner-city transit option and why they added a stop in Kingston, I spoke with North America President and COO Pierre Gordin. Why was Kingston added to the Toronto to Ottawa uh, bus bus line? We are we are all about data at Flixbus, and we we just saw that there was a lot of demand. We we look at what people search for online. We look at our forums, and we. We look at travel trends and we see that Kingston was under-addressed. Kingston is a very dynamic city, it's a student city, but there are also a lot of people just visiting because it's a wonderful space. And um, we we saw something was missing. People are still too much relying on car when visiting from Ottawa or from Toronto or from other places. And uh, we, we think that the flip service is the right way to, to address this and offer a, a more comfortable, cleaner, more convenient, and also more accessible option to discover Kingston. Tell me how it, it's it's cleaner and more accessible. So it's it's cleaner because it's um, it's newer buses. Uh, so they emit less CO2. And it's also cleaner because we are the only um, bus platform in the world which offers its passengers the ability to offset the CO2 footprint of their trip. So you can actually have a CO2 neutral trip on Flix and no one else does this. And, uh, and then most of our most of the people who come to Flix are coming from the car. So taking the car is, is great, but taking the bus uh, pollutes 10 to 20 times less depending on what type of car you are driving and if you travel alone or not. So it's it's definitely... The, the cleanest uh, and greenest way to 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 travel in in North America, and even if you compare to train, and I'm not so familiar with other Canadian trains, but in in the U.S., many trains are, are diesel powered, so actually the some buses are are more efficient. Excellent. And when, when we talk about the uh, the option to travel green, uh, tell me a bit more about how this works. I understand that uh, a customer can choose a carbon neutral. Um, uh, trip, and through that, it, it will simply just add one to three percent to the ticket price. That's exactly it, and uh, and it will go to finance uh, carbon offsetting programs like tree planting uh, in uh, developing countries or in North America. Uh, it's only a gold labeled uh, program, so it's it's a very it's a very safe way to to offset. Of course, the the best way to uh, to offset is not to travel, but at Flix, we, we believe that there is an in-between situation where you can still make those important trips that matter to you and uh, and just offset and, and make it better. And of course, we are also investing a lot in, in trying to win uh, to the market the first electric buses, but those are, are not ready yet. 
Got it. And these are known as uh, CO2 compensation tickets. That's exactly it. Great. Now, in, in terms of, of cost, uh, I, I've been trying to find it here in the release. Uh, what would a, a trip to, say, Toronto uh, cost from Kingston? Is there a way to find that out? Yeah. Uh, so the, the best way to find out is to go on the on the Flixbus app. So you can download it on the iOS store, on the Android uh, app store. It's uh, it's very easy to use. It's probably one of the easiest to use. So accessibility is not about only about price. It's also about having a strong online product and uh, a robust online experience. Um, and once you, you download the app, you can open it, you type in your destination. Sometimes the app will even know where you are. So you don't even have to type in the point of origin. And you will see that our trips start as low to Toronto, start as low as $21.19. And to um, Ottawa, they're starting at $19.99. Excellent. Well, that is certainly uh, you know, a, a welcome addition, I'm sure, for many people to the market. I know that. Uh, and as will always be the, the cheapest operator, the, the cheapest service that's really what we 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 think more people should be able to travel and that no one should be forced not to take a trip. That's really our vision. So we the, the buses are, are busy, but uh, that allows more people to travel. So the more travel, the more fixed buses we add, and then there will be more service and it will be, it, it, we create this kind of virtual cycle where we take more people out of their cars. Excellent. and. And I see that it will basically run twice a day from either going to the Toronto to Ottawa line or the Ottawa to Toronto line. So it's twice a day is what I can see here per day. Twice and day. That's exactly seven it. days and a our, week. Yeah, our trick some stop is um, you probably know the place better than I do, but it's in the curbside bus drop of zone, right on Wellington Street, between Barrett Street and uh, a place that is called the Tragically Hip Way. Yes. And and, is uh, that and actually a, a real place? The tragically hip way. Yeah. Yes, named after a um, very successful Canadian rock band, actually, who who wow. came from Kingston. And, and and what and what are your hopes uh, for expanding this service? My hope is that um, Flixbus in in Kingston, like in hundreds and hundreds of of other cities, and like in in the world and like in tens of other North American cities, that Flixbus becomes a household brand and that people start thinking different about how they travel and that they, they see it so easy. You can just book in 20 seconds on your, on your, on your app on, on the phone. It's always an accessible price and that you start taking more trips to maybe visit your significant other, to maybe visit your, your parents that you haven't seen in a while or your grandparents that those trips will enrich your, your lives and um, make for a better world. Great, Pierre. Well, thank you so much once again for speaking with me today. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Karim. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to, to join you today. That was my conversation with Flixbus North America President and COO Pierre Dordain. And I believe I might have just turned him on to the tragically hip.
You are listening to Citizen K on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and on podcast. I'm Kareem Mosna. Internationally renowned muralist and graphic artist Peru Dyer is in Kingston right now, creating a mural entitled Kingston, A Moment in the City. The mural is going up at 168 Division Street. This is a new residential building at the intersection of Division and Princess. Had a great talk with him not only about this particular mural, but also really about the power of art to make change in a community. So I understand you submitted your proposal before a jury. So you already had the idea in mind. Tell me a little bit about your idea for this mural. Um, so I, I'm not even sure how many people submitted um, proposals, but I, I just know I was on the, I was a runner-up with another artist from Ottawa. Um, his proposal was a figurative uh, design, which often wins just about every other project I've been involved with and that runs through this course. Um, but my, my approach is always um, abstract, which is, is not always what the community wants. So I was very happily surprised that they selected mine uh, because it takes a certain kind of sensitivity to really grasp the, uh, the, the, um, the energy of the design. Um, I grew up with a lot of murals and uh, the ones that impacted me the most were the ones that it took me longer to understand. And uh, I think that may have had some bearing in my evolution as an artist. The design I created is uh, rooted in my 30 years or almost 30 years of doing graffiti. So it's text-based, but it's uh, the the word uh, that I used was Kingston, of course, and I abstracted it. So it's not uh, immediately legible and it's not necessary to be legible. Um, But it's uh, it's a kind of foundation of, of the abstraction itself. And um, it's uh, it's a lot of uh, shapes and colors that are very much intuitively developed through a style that I've been building for the past decade or so. I don't know if that uh, answers the question well enough. Oh, absolutely. Great. Yes. Uh, and I can certainly see that. Just by, I have a, a sample image of the design in front of me here, and I can certainly see that. Now, I'm curious, did you have certain criteria or parameters that you had to, to work under when, when, when you were pitching this? Uh, not specifically. Um, we had um, uh, dimensions to work within, and then they changed. But uh, I think they were just looking for a unique voice that had something to offer to the community that was uh, going to, to make a difference and, and stand out and become a, a landmark. So this project was basically commissioned through the city of Kingston, if I understand, in partnership with High Point Developments? Correct. Yes, they're they're the ones funding the project. Excellent. And tell me a bit about the title, Kingston, A Moment in the City. Um, that that could I could speak on this for for too long, but uh, I I just hope uh, with this design that uh, it, it it sparks a little joy, love, and pride for the the diverse, tangible, intangible, and, and natural heritage that. Uh, that make up Kingston for for what it is today. Um, it's it's almost uh, you know I've, I've been told that the the hub is the the heart of the city and this this building is kind of at a at a intersection um, that uh, is, is highly transited and and will be highly visible. So uh, I find a lot of these landmarks in our cities 
end up being something that we just pass by. And um, on our transit from, from our homes to our work or wherever it is that we're going. So um, I always hope that I capture people's attention long enough for them to to meditate on, on what they've seen or how it makes them feel or how they think about it. And furthermore, if anyone is, is with them, if they can have a dialogue about it and, uh, and have a conversation about the art piece itself, I find that's very important as a, as a society to, to continue um, kind of speaking about these, these uh, landmarks because the, the mural scene is, is fairly recent. Um, you know, there was there was a stint in the 60s and 70s in some some cities around the world, very few cities. But uh, because of graffiti, um, street art, uh, you know, came of it. It was born out of it, and it's created this this giant movement, international movement that's placing art of all kinds in public spaces and uh, pushing this this dialogue about what what is the meaning of this and. How does it make us feel? How will it? Um, how do we identify with it? Um, it creates all kinds of feelings, like you know, pride. Uh, I've seen communities change because of the murals that start to pop up in there. People start to take uh, better care of their their places, and and uh, you know, they they might repaint a fence across the street, or you know, uh, take care of a project that they've put off for years because they they want to match the level of uh, of, of aesthetic value that a place has, or um, uh, you know, they stop throwing cigarette butts in that corner because it, uh, it it there's something in them that makes them feel like it's not right to to desecrate desecrate the you know a fresh new mural or whether it be you know a new building or a, or a, a sculpture. I think uh, I think there's a lot to say about. Um, Kind of uh, decorating our, our communities. Wow! So, uh, so these forms of art really do have a positive impact. Yeah, they do, and I think we've known this as a, as a society for many years, as it's used in, uh, you know, as, as art therapy and in, in schools and prisons uh, with people with uh, traumatic experiences or whatever it may be. I think we don't all have to be part of these. Uh, uh, these these places to to benefit from from art itself. What what why do you feel that there is a comeback in um, or perhaps a a bit of a um, emergence of of this art form of murals in particular? Um, I think historically art has played a very important role in uh, the development of, of of our civilization. I know it sounds very grandiose, but it, if you look back uh, as far as you can with art. Um, artists have always had that sensibility to kind of uh, sh- share the, the vibe of the, or the frequency or the, the what, what it is that's going on in the moment. It often started political, and um, so it almost tells a story about the, our, our changes as, a, as we evolve as a society. Art used to be... Uh, a little bit exclusive, whereas it would be in galleries and museums and you had to pay a fee or you had to have the time in the first place to go to these places. Um, And it would just sit there collecting dust and it wouldn't really um, be accessible to everyone. But with public art, it's uh, made it accessible to everyone. And I think that's affecting our, our psyche. It's affecting our 
um, our perception as a society. And I think it's hard to be mad at, you know, form and color and shape and, and beauty. Um, I think we all strive to, to find beauty and, and joy in our lives. And art definitely accents this, this experience. If you're going to work and you're having a bad day or you're, you're not feeling well and you see a bright, colorful piece of art that you haven't seen before, and, and there's something about it that, that picks you up and cheers you up, and that's what I always hope to do with my work. Uh, to take them away from their daily lives and routines and uh, and ha- have them dive into their imagination and, and explore things that they might have not explored before. Um, and uh, just kind of reset that mind state and, and start off afresh with like a new positive outlook. That's a great point you made. I recently spoke with another artist who um, who constructed out of yarn, and and as she put it, you don't get angry at the yarn. So <laughs> I love that. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. And, and just to to wrap up, have you uh, had a chance to to visit Kingston recently? I haven't been in a long time. Um, I'm hoping uh, to be able to spend some time, uh, you know, seeing all the landmarks and eating at all the the great restaurants that you guys have there. Um, I do have some connections in town, so I'm hoping they'll they'll take me on a nice tour. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'll surely be back from time to time to to see how the work and the the community is evolving after this point. Because I believe this is the first large scale mural that the city has produced, so uh, it's kind of a seed that'll uh, flourish within the next coming years, depending on the the response of the people. I'm sure they'll. They'll be uh, content with some, uh, you know, fresh coats of paint here and there. But uh, the more color you put in a city, uh, the, the brighter our lives will will feel. Excellent. And and so this will this will be starting to go up uh, on Monday. Correct. And uh, expected to be uh, completed by the end of the week, by Friday of next week. Yes. Yeah, so the latest. I'm hoping to. Uh, for everything to go well on this project, uh, there's always you know technical difficulties or weather issues. But uh, if if everything goes smoothly, it should take uh, three to four days at most. Um, I have a a great assistant, and uh, everyone's been very helpful and cooperative, and it's been flowing smoothly. So I'm hoping it'll continue this way. And uh, and yeah, I'm very excited about coming over in a, in a few days. Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Peru. I appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate the interview. That was my conversation with muralist and graphic artist Peru Dyer, who, as we speak, is in Kingston at 168 Division Street, creating the mural Kingston, A Moment in the City. It should be complete by the end of this week. My name's Kareem Mosna. You're listening to Citizen K on CFRC 101.9 FM. Ten recipients of the top STEM scholarship in Canada are now new students right here at Queen's University. The Schulich Leader Scholarships award between eighty dollars to $100,000 for students pursuing science, technology, engineering, or math at one of the program's 20 partner universities. I had the chance to speak with Vivian Hughes, who is originally from Calgary, Alberta, and is at Queen's for her first year in mathematics. She tells me about her feelings about receiving the Schulich Leader Scholarship. So you've basically received a, a top STEM scholarship in Canada. Uh, how does this how does this feel to to be a recipient of the uh, Schulich uh, Scholarship? It feels incredible and actually unreal 
like um, throughout my daily life, sometimes I'm just reminded of it. And it's every single time it's a new shock that I'm among some of the top STEM minds in the country, essentially with this scholarship. And often I feel like an imposter because I feel like I don't deserve it, but um, then I'm constantly brought back down to, I did something to deserve this. Excellent. And uh, so, so tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, about your studies thus far, you know, maybe sp some specific projects that you've worked on le leading up to this, uh, receiving this scholarship. Yeah, so the one I'm probably most proud of is within my high school, I created a math and science volunteer peer tutoring club. So it previously did not exist at my school, and I wanted students to be able to receive an outlet to learn math and kind of be as excited about math as I was. So I felt if we gave students that outlet to not only tutor others, but to be tutored, um, we could extend that love of um, STEM to others because sometimes just receiving the knowledge from a teacher isn't enough. Excellent. So it becomes a, an effort to basically help your peers and then and then help more students in return to really uh, foster an appreciation for math. Exactly. Yeah. And I attempted to make the club ongoing and continuous after I left, which I believe I was successful in doing. So not only did it stretch my entrepreneurial mind, but it also continuously made me involved in STEM. Do you know at this point what you hope to do after you graduate? Um, that's the funny thing. I'm not completely sure. Um, for a while, I was set on data analysis for major corporations. Um, but now, if I do double major in computer science and math, I'm thinking of taking the AI or artificial intelligence approach. I feel like research through that could be really interesting or anything to do with some sort of data analysis, I think would be awesome. Very cool. And how will this, receiving this scholarship, how is this funding going to help you in your studies and in your life? So it takes a big stressor of um, like the financial aspect, obviously off my shoulders, but also it allows me, especially in the summers, to focus more on internships and developing my set of skills that way, as well as allowing me to not need a part-time job during the year um, and focusing completely on my studies, which so far have been pretty rigorous. Any thoughts to share on Seymour um, uh, Schulich? Um, I think the, the Schulich scholarship is an amazing scholarship and I am, and I'm sure all the Schulich leaders are so grateful for Seymour Schulich and this whole like scholarship program is such an awesome way to, um, encourage people going to STEM as well as supporting them going to STEM. So I think it's an awesome, uh, foundation. And, uh, just a quick comment on STEM. I mean, STEM, uh... It's definitely a field that we're seeing more and more uh, opportunities and growth. Uh, any thoughts on perhaps someone who might be, you know, graduating high school, maybe thinking about, okay, what do I want to do? And then maybe considering a career in STEM, what would you say to them? Um, I think it's interesting, especially um, girls going into STEM. I think a lot of them are uh, being more encouraged now, which is awesome. And just as a general for everyone, I think STEM it's not just doing straight math or doing straight physics or straight engineering. It's such a flexible area. And throughout the area of STEM, you can totally find something that interests you 
And I think just don't be afraid. Don't think it's some hard, like impossible course to get through because it's so easy to find your passion and it's so easy to love the field of STEM and the field of numbers or whatever you want to get into. Excellent. So from what I understand, you came from Alberta originally. I did, Calgary, Alberta. So you're now in Kingston studying at Queen's? I am, yes. So, and how are you finding that transition? It has been hard. Um, It is a big move, uh, a four-hour plane ride and then a three-hour car ride. But the community at Queen's is just amazing. All the professors are so supportive. And I don't feel like as much of an outsider as I thought I would. Um, A lot of people I have met have been from Ontario, but they still welcome me, even though I'm from the West Coast. And it's just an awesome environment to be in Kingston. Great. Awesome, Vivian. Well, thank you very much for uh, spending a few minutes today to talk about this. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for having me. That was my conversation with Vivian Hughes, one of 10 recipients of the Schulich Leader Scholarship, who is now studying here at Queen's University. Thank you very much for listening to Citizen K this week. My name's Kareem Mosna. A couple programming notes. Today in YGK now airs Monday afternoons at 5 o'clock. Citizen K will continue Tuesdays at 5, while The Scoop, which perhaps you previously heard Monday afternoons at 4.30, will now move to Wednesday afternoons. This begins tomorrow at 5 o'clock. And that's all for Citizen K this week. Citizen K was produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at Queen's University. CFRC 101.9 FM broadcasts from Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Thank you for listening. I'm Kareem Mosna.